Hello and welcome to Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal seven steps to drop two dress sizes by spring. So you sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. We've worked with so many women over 40 who were struggling to lose weight and weren't seeing any movement on the scales, no matter what they tried. And for many of these ladies, this was starting to have a big impact on their confidence and self-esteem, making it difficult for them to enjoy life to the fullest. And I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to who had resorted to living in baggy tops and elasticated waistbands, who were choosing clothes to cover up problem areas rather than wearing the things they liked, staring at a wardrobe full of amazing outfits they could no longer wear. But despite all of that, We've helped these women to remove the barriers that were blocking them from seeing results and to quickly and easily turn it all around, lose the excess weight, regain their confidence and get back to feeling amazing in all of their clothes, all in just a a few short months. And with spring fast approaching, now could be the perfect time to take advantage and make your own amazing transformation in 2023. In today's podcast, we're going to lay out step by step how you can lose two dress sizes before spring without having to sacrifice your career, give up your time with your family, ban wine and chocolate, or step foot in a gym. Awesome, so we're gonna get straight into it. We've got seven steps for you today. The first one is all about doing something that's right for your body and right for your hormones. So physical and hormonal changes can start five to 10 years before clinical menopause, and clinical menopause is defined when you go a year without a period. and The average age is to happen is at age 51, and this therefore can start to happen in your early 40s, sometimes even in people's late 30s. And these changes lead to a heightened stress response, which basically means when you're subjected to stress, your body releases more of the stress hormone cortisol. And this is due to changes in the female sex hormones in the run-up to to menopause. It can obviously lead to other things like joint aches and pains, but it also... Um, leads to this big change in stress response. And basically what what this means is if you do something that overstresses the body and your life is already very stressful, which a lot of the women we work with are in that situation, they've got very busy, stressful jobs, they are working, you know, long hours, and on top of that, they're responsible for the family and the household and maybe caring for aging parents and children. What tends to happen is a lot of people end up overstressing the body. They end up with what's called chronically elevated stress levels, which is cortisol levels that are high basically all the time. And it can make it much easier to gain weight and much more difficult to lose it again. And it leaves a lot of women stuck unable to see results. And this basically, these high stress levels trigger something we call the weight gain triangle, which is where um, you get three additional hormone hormonal changes that come about because of that chronically elevated cortisol level. So this is leptin resistance, which is a hunger hormone, which means you're gonna be much more hungry and craving things like junk food, like treats and snacks all of the time. You're gonna end up with insulin resistance, which is a storage hormone, which can basically lead to storing more fat around the middle. So that's sort of middle-aged spread people don't want um, and tend to find happens more in the run-up to menopause if you don't do the right things. 
And then the last one is thyroid deregulation. So the thyroid is the gland that's in your neck, basically controls your metabolism, and it means your metabolism will slow down, which ultimately means like this is like a, a triple threat, kind of triple whammy that makes it much, much harder to lose weight and much easier to gain it if you don't do the right things. So what this really means is rather than just taking a general fitness approach designed to work for your average dieter, which is often uh, people in their 20s and 30s or designed by people in their 20s and 30s who don't understand these changes, you need to choose an approach that's done specifically for women over 40 because these changes, they don't happen for men, they happen for women in the run-up to menopause, five to 10 years earlier, it can start to happen. And you need to do something which works with these changing hormones rather than against them, and then you can see incredible results. And the other six steps are all gonna be linked to this. So what the right things are specifically for women over 40. So the second step then is to do the right type of exercise for women over 40. So when you're younger, you can basically just do the old adage of eat less and move more. So exercise wise, what this means is you can basically do everything. You could do anything. You could do gym classes, hit, spinning, running. You could do cardio, you could do weights. You could do anything and you'll probably still see good results just because your body and your hormones are in a place where that's able to happen. However, due to the increased sensitivity to stress that women experience in the run-up to menopause, a lot of those different types of exercise actually put the body into a state where it's harder to lose fat for women over 40. So this includes things like gym classes, HIIT training, spinning, running, couch to 5K. So essentially every anything that's kind of high intensity or very, very stressful on the body, all of these things will overstress the body and overstress the joints, triggering what's called the weight gain triangle and making it more likely that either, number one, your body is gonna be resistant to losing body fat for all the reasons that you've outlined previously, Rob, or number two, you'll end up with an injury from doing, say, you know, there's so many women we've spoke to, they go to a gym class or something and they get told they've got to do burpees and squat jumps and all these very like intense movements with a very high injury risk. And they, you know, maybe they follow that for a couple of weeks and then their knees start hurting, their back starts hurting, their shoulders start hurting, and they have to stop. And if you if you have to stop your exercising completely, then it's going to put the brakes on your results and stop you from getting to where you want to be. So to avoid triggering that weight gain triangle, you basically need to do something that doesn't overstress the body. And our clients do this using LIST, which stands for Low Impact Strength Training. So this is a low stress, low impact way of lifting weights under control in a slow and controlled way that'll build muscle, it'll flatten your stomach, it'll lift your bum, it'll firm up bingo wings. And it can be done in just 30 minutes, three times a week from home. So we've had so many clients, like clients will typically with us drop one to two dress sizes over 12 weeks, just doing like, for example, three 30 minute sessions per week. So it doesn't need to be intense. You don't need to do absolutely loads of it. You just need to make sure you're doing the right type of exercise for you. So again, that's going to be low impact. You want to focus on something that involves lifting weights. So it could be kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells, any kind of weight training, but in a very slow and controlled way. And doing this, you'll see amazing results. But of course, you've got to combine that with the right approach nutritionally as well. We always say inside a program, you can't out-exercise the wrong diet. And it's always true. You can literally eat the amount of calories you'll burn during exercise. And it's not just about calories, as Ben already explained, but you can literally eat the amount of calories you burn during exercise in five minutes. And then you had to do an hour gym class or something to burn that many calories. And you've eaten that many in five minutes. The next five minutes, you've already eaten double if you're eating like a pack of biscuits or something. you know. So you've got to get the nutrition right. And 
what tends to happen at this time of year for a lot of people, food choices and probably drinks choices as well kind of slipped um, throughout the festive period. It's very, very normal. I know it happens for, for us as well. And what tends to happen is people then get stuck in these bad habits and they can be really hard to shift in, in the new year. Things like having a drink every single night, things like eating sugar or other treats almost every single day. And any attempt to kind of get healthy can get overruled by these strong cravings when you're tired, when you're stressed for chocolate, for crisps, to order that takeaway if you feel like you deserve a treat. And the problem is, the more of these foods you have, the more of them you're going to crave and the more you're going to want them. So you have to break the cycle and you kind of have to go cold turkey. And we do this using a process called the diet makeover, which is a, a reset for one to two weeks where our clients cut out four problem food groups. And these are known as the WADS foods, which is wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar. And the reason these are a problem is, firstly, these are very calorie dense foods. So they're very processed foods. They're very high in calories, so it's very easy to eat too much. But not only that, they're also very highly addictive. So you tend to want more of them. So, you know, once you've had that first drink, you think, oh, one won't hurt. You can end up drinking half a bottle or the whole bottle of wine. Or once you've had that slice of bread with a little bit of butter on, by the end of the day or after a couple of days, the whole loaf of bread is gone. Um, and the same with sugar. You know, you open that sharing bag of chocolate, think I'll just have one or two, and then the whole thing's gone. On top of that, these foods also can be really disruptive to to hormones, um, especially alcohol and sugar, especially if you're approaching the menopause, these things can send your uh, female sex hormones haywire. They can lead to things like night sweats, um, being way, way worse, terrible quality sleep, you know, mood all over the place and cravings all over the place, the more you have of them. And then the last thing is a lot of people have intolerances to these foods as well, specifically wheat and dairy. A lot of people don't even realize they have an intolerance to them. And if you have an, it doesn't need to be like a complete, um, you know, you don't have to be like a celiac, so you can't digest wheat at all. There can be a mild intolerance that still means you have really low energy levels. So you're tired and lethargic all the time if you're regularly eating wheat or dairy, depending on if you have issues with them. It can lead to poor skin, breakouts. It can lead to um, stomach upset. And all of that stuff is just going to derail you from seeing good results and put your body in a state where it's not going to be able to see good results. So... What we recommend to our clients and what we do with our clients is we cut out those foods um, for one to two weeks, the WADS foods, and it's not uncommon for our clients to be able to lose four to six pounds in a week. So some sort of reset that's cutting out the kind of foods that are not going to work so well for you specifically. So if you're a woman over 40, it's going to be those WADS foods is really, really important to get kind of into the right place with your food choices before you do anything else. And then the next thing you can focus on then is to increase your step count. So most people we work with are very sedentary. So they're, a lot of the women we work with are high achievers with mostly desk-based jobs who are kind of on back-to-back -back meetings all day, which, you know, typically a lot of those end up being Zoom meetings these days as well or sat in a meeting room at work. But either way, it's either sat at a desk, sat in a meeting room, it's a lot of sitting down. And if you're in that position, it's very easy to sit down all day, barely do 2,000 steps over the whole day. And what that means is, let's say that you didn't do any more exercise or any more activity than that, you then have to eat very little in order to lose weight, which for most people is unsus unsustainable. And it can trigger that weight gain triangle because if you cut your calories down really, really low, your body just thinks that's a source of stress. Your body thinks, oh God, we're starving. It, that creates a stress response and then in turn that can make it more difficult for you to see results and, and get to where you want to be with your weight. 
So increasing step, step count is a great low stress way to burn a few extra calories. So as well as doing those list training sessions, we recommend that outside of those sessions, our clients do what they can to increase their overall activity level. So it doesn't need to be, you know, 10,000 steps per day. It just needs to be an improvement because any improvement will help. So if you do an additional 1,000 steps per day, that burns roughly 400 calories extra, which doesn't sound like much, but if you add 5,000 steps a day and that burns an extra 200 calories a day every single day, that alone could be the difference between maintaining and between losing half a pound of fat every single week. So what I'd recommend you aim for is getting in, say, five between 500, 5,000 and 10,000 steps per day should be a really good amount to improve your results also improve your quality of life you know if you if you're getting out for a nice walk every day rather than sitting at a desk staring at a computer all day long you'll you'll feel better you'll feel happier you'll also um you'll you know you're getting more mobile you're burning more calories you're seeing more progress you're seeing more results so it's really worth adding that into your routine and i think for most people um especially this time of year you know when you haven't got loads and loads of daylight in the in the evening after work it's finding a solution that means that you can get a few of those steps in. One solution could be, you know, you, you make an effort to get up more and kind of move around in the house. So, you know, you're taking regular breaks from work, you're going downstairs, you're making a drink, you're walking back up. Um, let's say you're on a phone call, you could walk around the room and stand up and take a few steps. Um, or you're just planning in a specific time. So let's say, you know, you get to a break point in your day where usually your break might be that you go and grab a biscuit and a coffee and sit down and eat it at your desk. Instead, you decide, right, I'm going to go out, I'm going to walk around the building, I'm going to go and walk around the block, I'm going to do a quick 15-minute or 10-minute walk just to get my steps up. Or you think, right, it's lunch break, I'm going to have spend some time eating my lunch and then I'm going to go for a quick walk. Or um, it could even be, you know, if you're working in an office, you think, right, there's, there's a toilet like 25 steps away. However, I'm going to make the effort to go and walk and use a different set of toilets just because that adds more steps to my days. It's just like building this into your day and knowing that all of that extra extra activity level is going to add up to improving your results and helping you uh, achieve your goals as well. Definitely. I think it's so important and to, like you said, to try and do it in a way that's not dis so disruptive. It's not like people feel like, oh, I have to go out for an hour walk at lunch or something massive. It's not like that. I know you're really good at getting steps in at home, round, just around your house, whilst you're working on phone calls. Or like for me, I'll try and incentivize um, at lunch or something. I'll, I'll literally go out after this and put my headphones in and listen to a podcast that I'm interested in. So I'm not, for me, just the walking on its own is not that entertaining. So I'll do that or listen to a, some good music that kind of gets me and my energy boosted for the afternoon. Um, or like you said, come up with another reason to, to do it. So make it a little bit competitive. Like I'm going to try and hit 5,000 steps every day in January and by parking slightly further away from the office, you can do that or walking to the toilets a little bit further away. So the next point is all about sleep and weight gain. So what a lot of people don't realize is lack of sleep can have a much bigger impact on your fat stores than you might realize, especially as you get older. Again, you can't, you can get away with so much more when you're younger. So what actually happens is if you have a short night's sleep, it actually disrupts your hormones. And I know we've talked a lot about hormones already today, but this is a different set of hormones. Well, one of them is different. Leptin is one of the ones we've mentioned before, and ghrelin is the other one. And basically these are both sort of hormones that regulate your hunger levels and sort of feeling of fullness. So 
Ghrelin is a hormone responsible for regulating appetite and leptin regulates our feeling of fullness, like the cue to stop eating. And if you have a poor night's sleep, ghrelin levels increase and leptin levels decrease. So that basically means we're going to feel more hungry and less full, even if we've eaten like a, a substantial meal. Hence, we get these kind of munchies if we have a late night. And in the book, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, it's a fantastic book. He reveals a lot of fascinating studies, but there's one that really backs this up. And they basically studied two groups of people, one group that slept eight hours a night and one group that slept five hours a night. They controlled that. Everything else was kept consistent. And they presented these groups with a buffet and they just monitored how much the two groups ate. They just said, eat, eat as much as you want um, and eat till you're full. And basically the group eating five hours a night ate 300 calories more in one sitting than the group sleeping eight hours a night. And 300 calories a day extra is enough to gain over two stone in a year. And that's just from lack of sleep. Like you don't feel any different. You just end up automatically eating more to make up for that lack of sleep. So not only does lack of sleep disrupt cortisol levels, which we discussed earlier in the podcast, which can trigger that weight gain triangle. So it makes it harder to lose weight and easier to gain it. But it also increases cravings further and means you don't feel full even after eating. So you're much more likely to eat more. So... The aim really, I know this is difficult, a lot of people are very busy, very stressed, it's not easy to improve sleep, but you just need to try and make some sort of improvement, just like with the steps. Try and improve the sleep quality and the sleep quantity until ideally you're sleeping seven to eight hours most nights. Although, as I said, any improvement is good. And we understand that this is not straightforward for people, especially around the menopause, um, who are already experiencing changes in hormones, you know, could be night sweats, hot flushes in the night, randomly waking at 4 a.m. in the morning. We have lots of clients going through that. So we help our clients to improve their sleep in a number of ways. You need to have kind of a holistic approach to this. So from sleep environment, so like not doom scrolling through your phone just before you go to bed, for example, or having notifications allowed on your phone, having a good blind, having a comfy mattress, comfy pillows, all of that stuff. Um, but also things like eating the right thing. So you, you're not consuming too much caffeine in the afternoon. Your work-life balance is there. So you're not working at 10 p.m. at night and then hoping you're going to get straight off to sleep at 10.30. Um, and also we discuss things like HRT as well. So making sure people have the right um, support they need in terms of hormones. Because um, all of that stuff can affect it. And there's a couple of other things as well. Magnesium, other nutrients and things like that. But basically... If we can get an improvement in our client's sleep, they tend to find it much easier to stay consistent and then see better results. Amazing. And then the next thing to look at is into accountability. So all of this stuff is great that we've mentioned up to this point. So, you know, how to do the right type of workouts, right type of nutrition, get increase your step count, increase your sleep, etc. cetera. Um, but without someone to say, you know, did you do what you said you would do? It's all too easy to just give up after a hard day or a hard week. And I think all of us like to believe, you know, that we can do it on our own. And maybe you could when you were younger, maybe when, you know, your body was working optimally, your life is less complicated than it is now. You've got lots and lots of time available. Um, it's much, much more easy to succeed if, you know, you just need to do a couple of workouts, not important what those workouts are. You just need to eat a bit less food, not in a specific way for your hormones or your body. Um, and you haven't got loads and loads of work stuff and family stuff going on, then it's really easy when you've got that all that time and energy and effort to be able to dedicate towards your health and fitness. But the reality is, like, if you could do it now, you would have already done it. Like, I'm sure that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, right, I want to drop a couple of dress sizes, 
you're you're not like purposefully staying in that situation two dress sizes heavier than you could like if you had a magic wand to be able to change that situation and just drop those two dress sizes you would choose to do it you wouldn't choose to stay in your current situation but the reality is like doing it alone is hard and there's there's no shame in kind of in kind of admitting that maybe you know maybe it is too difficult alongside everything else you've got going on um just like for example like you know i've got to get a window replaced on the top of my house and there is no shame for me in admitting that i cannot do that i can't put scaffolding up and replace a window maybe i could i probably could figure out how to do it but the time effort um you know expertise that i'd have to invest in it it's not worth it so it's worth it's it's much better to just kind of get someone else to help me like the other thing to to consider as well is it's really easy to fail in private so there's no short-term repercussions to giving up so let's say you start and you decide you're going to try and drop a couple of dress sizes by yourself you start out really well everything goes great which happens a lot um, around this sort of time of year with people's new year's resolutions and things like that um if suddenly then you go off track after the first couple of weeks, there's no short-term repercussions to giving up. Like there's no one there to say like, well, why didn't you continue? Or like, you know, what stopped you from staying on track there? You're just kind of like, oh, that didn't work out. Oh, well. And then you can just carry on with your life with no consequences whatsoever. So the solution, in order to succeed with any difficult achievement in life, accountability is absolutely essential. So if you think about, you know, something that you're really consistent with, like going to work and doing a good job in your doing a good job at, at your career, um, you show up to work basically because if you didn't, your boss and colleagues would notice, and then the repercussions of that would be, they, you know, you'd start getting disciplined for not showing up to work. They'd start asking you, questioning you, or well, why weren't you here? Why didn't you do this? Why haven't you completed this? And eventually the repercussions would be that you'd probably lose the job and you'd have to then move on and, and find another job. So there are genuine consequences there. So you basically need the equivalent of that with your help and fitness. So just someone who's keeping an eye on what you're doing, who's checking in with you every week. And we don't usually recommend people do this with a friend or family member. Um, I'd say that there's only one scenario where this can work, which would be, let's say, you and your friend are you know, literally going to the gym together every single session together and they're going to, you know that they're going to be at least as committed, if not probably more committed than you are and therefore able to hold you accountable. If you've got a friend like that, then great. Most people though, they don't have a friend like that. They'll, they'll you know, you'll start out with great intentions with, with one of your friends and then one of you will lose focus and the other one will then use that as an excuse to also lose focus. Also, if you're, friends with someone already they'll let you off the hook they're not going to be that hard on you if you haven't decided to show up they're not going to kind of discipline you or get you back on track or give you give you a kick up the bum if that's what you need and a family member as well um they're also gonna they're also gonna follow that same sort of pattern they're not going to be kind of they're not going to hold you accountable as you need to be to succeed and also when a family member starts telling you you know well do you really want to eat that do you really want to eat this you know are you going to have this or that shouldn't you be doing your workout Usually people then perceive that as nagging and will do the opposite. And not only will you then end up doing the opposite or not doing what you should do with your fitness, also it's causing like unnecessary strain in that relationship as well. So overall, it's just having a negative effect. So for that reason, we don't usually recommend you get a friend or family to do it. Um, it's usually better to get someone impartial, someone who you respect, who's ideally basically experienced in what you're trying to achieve. 
And accountability is one of the reasons that our clients see such fantastic results as every member of our Fit Over 40 program is assigned a coach who they check in with every single week. And if they don't check in, it's flagged up and we are straight in touch to find out what's not working, to find out what, what our clients need help with and to just get them back on track ASAP. So, I mean, I'd say most clients we work with, they have a little bit, they have a wobble every so often, but because we're able to get them back on track like within days, like a couple of days, it never really materializes into anything else. They don't go completely off track and undo their progress. They have one bad day and then they're back on track and they're, they're back to seeing results in the mirror every single week. So accountability is absolutely key. And the last thing we'd really say is important is to be part of some sort of community. Like the community, the people around you really, really matter. And I think we often play this down or don't recognize this, but your identity gets shaped by the people you surround yourself with on a daily basis. So for example, if everyone at your work is constantly eating treats, they're constantly eating cakes um, and snacks and they're they're kind of going, you know, don't worry, one more won't hurt, one won't hurt, just go on, you deserve a treat. It's very easy to fall into that same behavior as it becomes kind of normal in your life. And the same thing applies if like none of your family members are into exercise or the people around you, then you're likely going to end up kind of doing less in order to kind of fit in with them. Or it's just going to be easier, it's going to be less resistance if you just do what's the same with them. And we're basically hardwired to fit in because back in sort of, Paleolithic times, caveman times, it was essential to be part of a tribe in order to survive. And if you didn't fit in, you were outlawed from the tribe and you'd probably die. So we're hardwired to do this for survival. So if you are surrounded by people who are on the same mission as you, they're trying to achieve the same kind of things, they're trying to work on their fitness goals, they're trying to eat healthy, they're trying to exercise regularly, that's basically going to set the example that you're going to follow so that you fit in with those healthy habits of the other people in the tribe. And if you do this for long enough, amazing thing happens you you basically start to shift your identity to become like this healthy person even if you've never had that identity maybe you've always had the identity of a of a dieter or a bigger person or you you used to have that identity of being a fit person but you've lost it so you'll get that back because of the group you surround yourself with so it's really really important you surround yourself with a community of people who are succeeding not with a community of people who are all struggling like we've heard so many stories from our clients of people who are in um, slimming groups and things like that in the past and they'd all go out for this like mega blowout or you're like yes takeaway day we've done our way in you know starved myself all day not eating a single thing taking diuretics even or done extreme things now I've done my way in lost a pound got my round of applause now they're going to go home and um, and have a massive blowout and that's never going to work that's not a healthy community to be in and the other advantage of being surrounded by kind of a group of people who are working towards similar goals is that you can kind of build on their successes and they can help you build on yours. So more advanced people can give you hints and tips about strategies that work for them. We see this all the time inside our community groups. They can warn you about what to avoid and they can kind of reassure you. And again, we see this all the time, like that don't worry, it may be a little bit hard in this week or that week, but it's worked for them and they got through it. And they had wobbles too. And that makes such a big difference to us. It's like basically as human beings, we need to see all of those things. So it's really, really important. The last thing you need really is to not only have that accountability, but also have a community of like-minded people who are succeeding in the thing you want to succeed with. And if you surround yourself with that, you're going to get pulled along by that momentum and be way more likely to succeed. So if you put those seven tips into action, um, you will be able to drop one to two dress sizes by spring and so in the next sort of 12 weeks or so. And we've got tons and tons of examples of people who've done just that. 
Um, but we've got one example here from Rachel, Ben, I'll let you read this one out, um, who saw incredible results. This is literally just after her first four weeks. So imagine what she's going to go on and achieve after, after eight, 12 weeks. So Rachel, who is a 45-year-old warehouse manager, um, sent us this, this testimonial. So she said, I was eating lunch one day and watching videos on YouTube. Normally I just skip the ads, but when I heard what Rob was saying, I watched until the end. I've struggled with my weight since I was 14 and I've tried many diets. I've lost over five stone on one plan, but as I got older and a bit more complacent, the pounds piled back on. I tried going back to that plan, but with little success. So fit over 40 sounded perfect. Only four weeks in, I've noticed a massive change in how I feel physically and mentally. I've lost five kilos and a wonderful five centimeters from around my waist. I feel more in control and have loads more energy. If anyone had said to me six months ago, you'll be getting up at 5.30 a.m. to work out and you'll enjoy it, I would have laughed at them. So far, Trinity has taught me to be kinder to myself. It's helped me understand my body more and it's a marathon, not a sprint. I never feel like I'm missing out on anything and the support is amazing. So that's an amazing, amazing success story there from Rachel. And if you want to hear more success stories, I'd recommend if you listen to our last episode, which was the top 10 Trinity success stories of 2022, there's loads, loads more results there. And if you want more information about the program that Rachel followed and about the approach that helped her, has, has been helping her to see such amazing results over the past four weeks, and I'm sure will mean that she'll see incredible results by spring or by summer, head over to www.fit40info.com and you can grab all of the details of our Fit Over 40 program on that page. Awesome. So, that just about wraps it up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week for another episode. We will see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.